Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to episode number 403 of On the Court at the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the voiceless himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? Give us a careless whisper into the microphone. What is happening? <laughs> so careless. I, I am I am absolutely uh, breathless mm. at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I had a weekend of no talking. I only went to the museum with my friend and I didn't say a word. And honestly, it was kind of great. Like they were talking to me and everything and I was communicating on this stuff. Uh, And it was so wonderful. I don't know how else to say it. Like it was, it was kind of great. I was like, I should go to museums more often where I don't say a word. (laughs) It is nice. Which museum did you go to? Oh, the Met. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's always, it's always baseball with you, right? You had to go to yeah. something uh, with the Mets only the only museum. way you can convince me to be excited about. <laughs> Wait <Mets>. a minute, <laughs> this isn't about the Mets. Um, we've got a lovely podcast for you today. Um, obvious, also too, there was a little bit of a change today too. Not necessarily with Twitch, but with Playback oh, yeah, TV. Yeah. Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about oh, Playback? So first and foremost, I do want to say I'm sorry we didn't have an OTC last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of stuff going on with me also flying back. And not being delayed and then just coordinating with fast and all this kind of stuff. Our fault. So it goes. It's nice to be back with you. You know, uh, this is actually two weeks ago. We didn't. We did one last Tuesday night. Yeah, we didn't do it on yeah. time on Monday. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. We're good now. We're back. We're, we're ready for the home we're stretch. Back. Let's go. We're back, baby. We're back, we're back yeah. baby. Oh, and, and better than ever. Um, but, uh, yeah, run playback.tv. And, you know, if you were there, if you were one of the real ones who were there for the first stream today, you saw that it's a work in progress. Um, but what playback.tv is, think of Twitch, except we can have live broadcasts. We mm. can actually watch the baseball game. And it's not illegal. You just got to sign in with MLB.tv or whatever. Um, even if you don't have access to that game, you can still hang out and talk to me. Um, and what's great is I can pull you guys on stage and we can I love talk. that. Like That's amazing. That's so much fun. It just makes the whole thing a lot easier. There's no ads on it. It's 100% free for you. Um, so playback.tv slash pitcher list. Uh, I'm going to be cross um, streaming for now onto Twitch. So that gets everybody over. But as you can see, I don't really have much of a voice. But yeah, I'll I know. Gosh, okay. Slash pitcher list. Let's All right, it. enough. Jeez, let's get into the list. I didn't know we were running that low. Okay, so here's what today's theme is going to be. This is going to be things that should also be baseball cards, right? So it's like we have baseball cards for baseball players, but I want like, oh, this should also be a baseball oh, yeah. card. This okay. this yeah. this category should also be a baseball card. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, so let's break down the top 100 here. We're gonna and we're gonna do the same thing as what I've been trying to do every episode and failing, where we're gonna burn through the top, um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, so tier one, one through five, no changes. Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Luis Castillo, and rounding out the tier at number five, it's Kevin Gosman. What's it called? Why is it called that? Just to be clear, there is a change. I'll get to that in a second. But oh. uh, there, there are two changes. This is called teachers. Teachers should be mm. celebrated higher than sports. Yeah. I saw a Kim Peel sketch, which is if there were, if it was teacher center instead of sports center. Mm. And oh, I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Uh, if we had teachers as playing cards and we all cared about it and treated them like celebrities, yeah, yeah, that just makes everything so much better. So it means what, that what an a, a lot of people want to be teachers. We want to emphasize education and everything. I think that's great. Beautiful. A plus start there. Uh, so what? What is the, is the 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 tier itself changed? The positioning of the tier? The yes, uh, Zach Gallen and Shohei Otani are no longer in it. Okay. Um, anything real quick hits about the 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 non movers inside of tier I don't one? Think anyone would really contend against this. Uh, mm-hmm. I 
Garrett Cole's looking amazing, by the way. That's why he's yep. been SP number two. Look, hey, track record, amazing. Uh, Kevin Gosman with the velocity dip was annoying. Four solo shots, though, and we've seen velocity dips throughout the year. And the five earned runs against your Orioles was really weird. It was two mm-hmm. outs. All but two outs. Uh, man on first and Shane yep. allowed five runs. Yeah, That's dumb. So, no move. Yeah, I, I'll take it. It really was one of those starts uh, for sure. Um, all right, let's look at tier two then. So this is six through 12. Zach Gallon, Tyler Glasnow up three to seven, followed by Max Scherzer, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell up into the top 10 for the first time this season. Then Shohei Otani down five to 11 and Framber Valdez up one to 12. What's it called and why is it called that? I'll be honest, this already exists, but uh, it should be amplified. And that is uh, playing cards of the pitchless staff because we're aces. <laughs> there are some very good ones. Scott Chu has created you know, some absolutely you, fantastic. You have, you have mine and I have yours. Yes. This always bothered me. Why? I don't have my own card. <laughs> you don't need it. You look in the mirror every day. You got a card. <laughs> every time I show them your card, the next question that comes out is, hey, where's your card? Like, <laughs> Well, wow. well, let's let's get Alex on the phone. Uh, let's talk about uh, Tyler Glasnow, who jumps up three spots to number seven. Um, what's kind of nice to see more recently is he's just been super efficient, right? This is a guy who has only reached 100 pitches once this year. And, you know, knowing Tampa, knowing Tyler Glasnow, probably not going to have many starts in which he eclipses 100 pitches. But on 93 pitches, he pitched seven uh, fantastic innings against the Orioles. And then before that, on 95 pitches, six innings with seven Ks before that, five and two-thirds against uh, obviously a fantastic Braves team with eight strikeouts on 88 pitches and been executing overall, right? I mean, the, the most recent start, the curve just looked virtually unhittable as it put a near 40% CSW, just dropping down in the zone, picking up nine whiffs overall. What are you seeing from Tyler Glasnow that has him near uh, the top five at number seven right now? So Glasnow's curveball is always going to be stupid unhittable. 99th percentile and swing strike rate and WOBA and average are always just stupid low numbers. Um, the, the real thing that got us excited about Glasnow back in 2021 was it all of a sudden started throwing the slider. I'm like, oh boy, this is really good. It's like a 60% strike rate. It's really the last piece of the puzzle. And I uh, we haven't really seen him go over 60%, even in the small sample of 2022 as well. Uh, just those two games, it was still not really a thing, 53%. Hmm. But then in 2023, what do we get? 67% strike rate for Glasnow on it. Oh, that's everything. Yeah. That is so interesting because the walk rate hasn't changed. It hasn't. It's still 8% from previous seasons. But to me, it means more stability. It means more strikes, fewer just overall languished at-bats. Hmm. And that's a good thing. Uh, I I think that that allows him to not have to give in as much with the fastball. You can see that the usage of the fastball went down 10 points because you rely on that slider more, which is so important. So I I love all this stuff, this change from from Glasnow, also 22% curveball usage because he's getting those strikes quicker so that he can use it later. Um, It's it's a much better situation and makes it more efficient because I will say the four-seamer, I love the velocity in everything. But it's 42nd percentile in an average, 37th percentile in WOBA. There's a reason for this. X-WOBA is 391, which is 35th percentile. It's not that good of a pitch. But if he throws it at 44% of the time instead of 53 or so, then all right, things can look okay. In 2020 and 2021, both of this was 59% Mm. on that fastball. And now it's down to 44% with 34% sliders. That's the big deal for Glasnow. That's a beautiful breakdown. I want to. Is there anyone else in this tier that you want to break down like that? Because I want to move on to tier three because I know I only have so many words left in that place of yours. There you go. Uh, Otani's blister has been weird. I didn't remove the ace is going to ace because of that, but it's been three starts and sweepers are back and that's a good thing. Um, and Gallon went down to tier two because it's been kind of strange with how he uses his stuff. And generally, when I don't see consistency of approach start to start, and this pitch works one day and this pitch works another. That generally means that there are days coming when none of those work and instead of everything working together. Uh, so I'm a little scared about that at the moment. So I moved him out of that tier, but he's still been productive. So beautiful. 
Let's go to tier three here. I'm going to give you a little gift. 13 through 24. Corbin burns up two to 13. Jesus Cesardo up five to 14. Highest on the list for him. Joe Ryan drops down three to 15. Zach Wheeler, Logan Webb, Pablo Lopez, number 19, James Paxton. George Kirby up two to 20. Aaron Nola up four. So is you Darvish at 22. Carlos Rodon down nine to 23. And Julio Urias down four, rounding out the tier at 24. What's it called and why is it called that? I feel like it's got to be food. I mean, we need playing cards and food. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, sure. Like, it, it, it's just one of those things. Like, look, I've got collected this wonderful meal from this five-star restaurant, you know, and just like, that's a rarity. It's so yeah, far I dig hard that. for us to get that. And then you can exchange the card and, then, and that equates to a free meal of that when you go to that place. <laughs> I love you're already gamifying this. You know, so um, you have the pack of food and it's like, you know, it's $10 <laughs> per pack and maybe you got McDonald's medium fries. I'm so sorry. Like, that's not going to be a good one. You know, you got a candy bar at any deli. I do love that notion of like just looking back on all the meals that you've had, right? Of being like, oh, look at like, I've got, I remember I got this card and that card. Yeah, that to me, right. I actually, I think that's better than mm. playing cards. So then, so wait, Nick, it, maybe then you have an iPhone app that makes you yeah. take a photo of a meal that then converts it into a playing card. Okay, great. That's actually pretty great. I, I, I know some people. Why did Nick lose his voice? Oh, he lost his voice because he wouldn't stop talking about food playing cards. Um, Nick and I made a bet uh, a couple of weeks ago about Hazel Zazardo. That bet is an embarrassment to me. I'm getting absolutely demolished. It has been a few weeks uh, since yes! we have talked about Hazel Zazardo. I have it. I have it documented. It was it was before his start on May 9th. Oh, perfect. Well, since then, he's been dominant. So let me give you the floor and tell us uh, what's going on with Hazel Zazardo. Um, He's doing everything that I said he was going to do. And fast just didn't listen to me. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, just, I'm not even joking fast. We did the podcast on May 8th, right? It was that Monday and he was going yep. the next day and I and I DM'd Adam Howe. So I had some sort of documentation about this. And the yep. deal was a 3.7 ERA and a 117 whip, I believe. Well, since May 9th in 14 starts, Jesus Lazardo has a 3 ERA with a 102 whip and a 31% strikeout rate. Fast, do you regret ranking him at 61 in the preseason? I had my reasons. Um, I, 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 I weighed <laughs> the floor the only too time much. I'll ever take a victory. This is just the stupidest no, DM. Fine. I mean, you you nailed so many more than I did, guys. I, I have, I have very abs- clear. I have absolutely no problem about this whatsoever. I I oh, I overweighed the floor for sure. And I looked at, so my rankings this year were heavily based on PLV and stuff. And PLV and stuff didn't love him. Mm. Um, they still don't. Even in this stretch, it's about a four nine four uh, PLV. It is interesting. I think it's because of the um, something I've monitored a bit with uh, Luzardo is that the slider does make some mistakes in the zone um, more often than we'd like. I think it does underrate his fastball, though. Every time I, I'm watching Luzardo, I'm kind of blown away that he executes what I'm like to calling the seven which is lefties throwing a four-seamer up and then inside a righty. So it's like mentioned making that seven um, along the strike zone. He does it so well. And then that makes it so that it opens up the rest of the zone for the change of going down away, which is so filthy. And then the yeah. slider that goes kind of down middle and then underneath. Sometimes it does catch the middle as free real estate or so. Um, but Hazel Lazardo, look, I, 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 everyone needs to understand that Fast and I have had this joke of DMing each other after starts. Like on the 21st of May, he allowed six earned runs and I just get this DM from Fast. I'm like, but was eight strike? I was like, that wasn't the bet. Um, and then, you know, same thing on like June 1st, right? That we just kept quoting each other about, like, yeah. yeah, but the whip was bad, but the, you know, so this is why I'm acting like this. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's been going great. The biggest concern right now for Luzardo is innings. He hasn't gone this many innings in a season before. Yeah, uh, it's 120 right now, and he's he was known entering this year and why you were hesitant in the preseason, understandably so, is that he has an injury history. Yeah. And he also didn't have a track record of that 3-3-2 ERA and 104 whip over more than 18 starts last year. It's actually kind of funny. 120 innings. Guess what his ERA is? It's 322. It's like essentially the same thing as last year, which is while pretty much the same exact strikeout rate just a lot worse whip as he's allowing many more hits as you did expect him to do. Um, but regardless, it's a 15% swing striker for Luzardo. He's like a start away from an aces gonna ace seven hundred runs in seven games, which is insane. So yeah, no, it's Luzardo, baby. 
And I think too, you know, uh, you know, obviously we're always learning. And I think one of the things that I'm like, I've, I, you know, we're, you and I are friends with this guy named Josh Herzenberg, who has oh, yeah. worked for some clubs before Josh and now works. He's great. He's fantastic. And he, I always talk about him and like the Dunning Kruger effect, where it's like. Uh, what I mean by that is at the beginning of yeah. learning about pitching, you think you know all this about pitching and then you learn about pitching. And you're like, I don't know anything about pitching. And then at the end, you're like, oh, it's all summed up by one thing. Right. Yeah. And the reason <laughs> why I think Jesus Cesardo is still so dang good, despite not having the elite PLV or having the elite stuff plus, even though this is built into it, is because and get ready, big analysis velocity sometimes that's mm-hmm. just it like it, it, what i've been learning like sometimes i send these long texts to josh and he gets so mad because i'm like well he has this vertical approach angle and this attack and, blah, 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 yeah. and he's like his velocity is elite what do you want and it's like okay yeah, yeah. Right. yeah um anyone else on this tier that you want to hit upon because there are a good amount of names but uh anyone else before we move on to the next tier i do want to mention one more thing about lizardo is that Shoot. he got rid of his worst pitch this year i think Thankfully, I've been yelling. I was yelling at him so much last year. If you guys remember me saying, stop throwing the sinker. It is so bad. Throw four mm-hmm. seamers and throw the breaking ball. That's pretty much what I wanted him to do. I wasn't as much of a fan of the changeup. And then it was much better when he came back from injury. Sinker's gone. 6% usage. 43% four seamers now from 22%. Um, oh, swings at 31% on that. That is so good. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Lizard is fun. Um, Let's see here. Rodon, I had to drop nine spots. I actually really still believe in Rodon. I know that the general public does not. And they're seeing this as like a lesson after three starts. And I just feel like that's not what. No, we have we have two months plus left of Rodon here. Uh, We have maybe a quarter, not even like a fifth of a season done. Even that. Um and I just feel like he's so much better than what we've seen. Uh, we've even seen a lot of glimpses of it so far, too. Don't don't underrate Carlos Rodon and anyone talking about, oh, the injury history that he has. Look, he has not pitched. The, when he when had the injury history, it was at the end of the season, not at the beginning of it. Now that he's healthy and he's fine, there's no indication that he's still hurt. Uh, Rodon, to me, is, like, I think really good, but I had to lower him. You Darvish looks great. Um, Aaron Nola's not throwing sinkers, and that's kind of cool. It's just forcing a curve. I don't believe in the 10 strikeouts Kirby just had because that was just weirdness. Yeah. Um, and your boy, Joe Ryan, I'm so sorry. I had to remove the Aces Gonna Ace label. It's been tough, huh? It's just, you know, I think it's like a five-year right across some random stretch that I saw. Like, it's it's been bad. Uh, it's yeah. just a splitter and slider hasn't haven't come through. You know, uh, speaking of bad, I don't want to get, to get too much time to the negative, but Carlos Rodon did drop nine. Anything on him real quick? As to well, that's why what I was saying. Carlos Rodon, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, I oh, just sorry. I thought, you were talking, I thought you were talking about Joe Ryan. Maybe I just missed something. Okay. This sorry. is what I, I do apologize. to fast all the time, and he gets upset yeah. at me. This is the first time, guys, that fast, I know, was looking up something, yeah, and, uh, and he missed it. The, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Honestly, there are times when you feel imposter syndrome because there are people like Alex in your life. And it's <laughs> these kind of moments that make us realize we're all human. I was looking at you. You got me really interested in the Jesus Cesardo dropping that pitch. So I was looking that up to be like, oh, that's a really good find. You, you, I'm not going to lie. You've been crushing it in this podcast between the glass now oh, and, the, uh, and the and the and the stop uh, it. Analysis. Oh, Darvish, did you wait stuff. fast? Did you I imagine you had a very, very busy week? Mm-hmm. Did you watch the you Darvish breakdown I did on Friday? I did not. I did not. Dude, You got to watch this. This is like, right. I think I think my best video of the year. It is such a fun watch because you Darvish is so different now. He's doing all the good things and he's pitching not like, okay, you've watched you Darvish in the past, right? Yes, sadly. And you know how much it's like a 2-0 count or 2-1 and he just throws that cutter in the middle of the zone. He just kind of like gives in with that yeah, like all the time. And it's just like, all right, let's just see what I do. And it doesn't really feel like there's rhyme or reason. I remember yelling at, uh, I remember who was catching, maybe it was Contreras for the, the Cubs. And I just remember watching these starts and going, what do you, like, what is the approach here? I don't see any sort of outline of like how we're supposed to get this done. Watching that game against the Jays, Darvish was so meticulous, mm. so deliberate in every single pitch he did. And that doesn't mean that he's accurate as in like, he's not executing everything, but what he's trying to do is correct. It is like, I am not going to give in exactly. I'm going to try as hard as I can to be exactly what I want to be. And it works. Like, I cannot express this enough. This is exactly how Darvish should be pitching. It was such a pleasure to watch that game. 
that sounds very good. I'm excited to check that out. Um, all right, we spent a little too much time in tier three. We're going to move on to tier four real quick. It's all right. Uh, 25 through 33. Most of it was dedicated to, to food baseball cards, so I like that. <laughs> uh, 25 through 33, tier four, Sandy Alcantara, Zach Eflin up six to 26, followed by Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease up one to 28, Justin Steele at 29, Bailey Ober up to 30. Love to see it. Freddie Peralta down seven to 31, followed by Lucas Giolito and Logan Gilbert rounding out the tier. What's it called and why is it called that? So because this is the tier of like, I feel like this should be a real, you're going to hate me so much. I, it's like, it feels like it's a good idea, but then again, they're not aces. Mm. And this tier is all of the romantic partners of Alex Fast's life. (laughs) So it's just one baseball card. (laughs) Oh, come on. Stop that. Anyone you've had a crush what? on and been like sure, a date sure. with or whatever. It's yeah, yeah. just like a baseball card with their signature <laughs> on it. Just because the way that I look at that is like, to me, it, those are happy things in your life of like, yeah, 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 hey, this is course. this is some sort of relationship I had with other people. I think a lot of people look negatively on those things a lot. Oh, and yeah. I actually encourage so much to think positively because there's a reason you were there with it. There was a lot of happiness in it. And I just think that's also really funny of you, like having your card sleeves uh, of that. Um, so, and I thought I would take you, uh, I would mess you up. So there you go. I love it. I think it's a very unique category. Let's stick with our theme real quick of, of, of giving you an opportunity to break down some of these Tampa Bay Rays pitchers because, you know, we knew that someone was going to have to step up for Tampa when uh, Drew Rasmussen went down, when Justin Steele went down. And we also knew that when Zach Eflin got moved over to Tampa, that they were going to do some interesting stuff with him. And yeah, he had this weird kind of awful start against Kansas City where it was just three innings with no strikeouts and no walks and what, five that was runs. the strangest thing. Yeah, it was Ugh. a blip, but then he bounced back against 100% a better team in the Baltimore Orioles going seven with no one runs, two hits, one walk and eight Ks. And that was on 87 pitches, too. I mean, there were they was just that was amazing. There was nothing Baltimore could do against him. Let's break down Zach Eflin. Uh, it's pretty easy. Um, by the way, I want to say last weekend was filled with all of these like, what is this start? Justin Steele, who's in this tier? Uh, mm-hmm. had this ridiculous outing and then he pitched and I kid you not, I think he did like the same exact thing with his fastballs and his sliders. This like the same thing and he had a great game and it's just, that's that's just kind of baseball. It's like some nights it's just not going to work for you. It kind of happened with Zach Eflin too. His cutter is obviously a big deal. We want to talk about the, the curveball this year. Sure, it's increased eight points, but I mean, it's still really good. More strike rate, all that kind of stuff. CSW is the same though. Same swing strike rate. Same called strike rate. It's kind of interesting to see that uh, higher strike rate with all those marks just means that there's more contact happening inside the zone. Um, that is good for him because it's a 153 batting average allowed, right? So uh, zone rate went up from 27% to 36. That's a huge thing for a curveball that was mostly saved as a two-strike pitch back in the day. Uh, it was a 51% two-strike pitch. Of all the curveballs that Eflin threw in 2022, over half of them was in a two-strike count, and they realized, wait, maybe I should throw this pitch in more counts. So now he throws it in more early counts than he does the late ones. Uh, but uh, that curveball is a big deal. I do really think that that cutter changed, and it was about halfway through the yeah. year when it did shift. If uh, if you remember like the SP roundups, there was a moment when I saw Eflin with this new cutter, and it was all of a sudden just like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is the best version of Eflin I've ever seen. Who is this man? Uh, this, this is insane. And uh, it, it was around, let's see, it was the Yankees on May 14th when he had a 48% CSW on that pitch and then just kind of soared from there. Mm. Uh, it, it was really, really remarkable. He pulled away, uh, added more four seamers as well then too. So I think that Zach Eflin has just turned into the sturdy McGee um, with a really good uh Curveball, a really good cutter. This cutter is a 70% strike right now. Also, a big thing that I like, I have a stat called plus percentage. I don't talk about it much at, at all because we really haven't done any sort of research on it. But at, at mm-hmm. its heart, it's very simple. It's when he throws a pitch, is it something good for him? Is it a CSW? Yep. Is it a foul ball? Or is it an out uh, on that pitch? His is 75th percentile for all cutters. And it jumped up dramatically uh, seven points from last year. And that innately just says, look, is this pitch performing well for the pitcher or not? Clearly, this cutter is this year. That's very good to see. 
Um, and meanwhile, of course, the sinker is just still its old, like, hey, 83rd percentile called strike rate. Everything's fine and groovy here. So Zach Eflin looks good and he's on a winning team. They sure well, not recently, like, but yeah. <laughs> you want to say that, don't you? I mean, I it, listen, even removing myself as an Orioles fan, they've, they've been kind of in a, in, yeah, in a free fall the past couple of weeks. It's been it's been rough for I feel I feel for Jason Collette. I love Jason Collette. And, and yeah, Yancy, I feel fast. OK, OK. Now uh, all that removed um, podcast is over fast. Tell me how you really feel. Listen, the Baltimore Orioles are the best team in the American <laughs> League. What are we doing? What are we doing? We just beat the Dude, Phillies. 72 consecutive series without being Damn. swept. That's a record. That's a modern record. I got to say fast. There are. Um, it, it's it's really astonishing this year how like we always joke about how we say this phrase, but truly everything is coming up Millhouse for this. You <laughs> know, really. And what's going to happen fast is that you're going to get a big trade. And you obviously even seeing Mitch Keller and uh, and Bednar maybe being a package. And it's like, mm-hmm. that is it. That is your package for the Orioles. I'd be really shocked if you guys are not major contenders for that specific one, because you then would have four relievers you trust. You would have four because you have Fujinami mm-hmm. in there too now. And if then you would have, I mean, good enough. I mean, Brett Benar would be above him, obviously, of but course. still. Yeah, there's but a, no, I hear you. Fujinami, okay. Yep. And then you need, yeah, you need Keller. I know Keller's weird. And I say that he's a weird a lot. He dropped a lot here, but that's kind of the yeah. deal that I think the Orioles would make because it, it's not as pricey as I think would be Giolito, personally. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. It's. It feels like the deal you guys would make. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that, that's a whole another podcast. I do want to give you an opportunity to see if there's anyone else you want to hit upon in this tier, and I'll give you that opportunity right after we take this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, and we're back. So anyone else in this tier you want to hit upon before we move on to tier five? Um, Not really. Sandy Alcantara is still there. I actually was looking at it. I was like, I need to lower Sandy Alcantara. But at the same time, I was like, no, I can't. I, I, I really can't um, because like Verlander isn't going to be Verlander. Isn't going sure. to be uh, like tier three. I. Uh, <laughs> I just love calling him that. Giolito's been weird. Gilbert's been weird. Peralta's been weird. And Bailey Ober yeah. is good. Like, he's really, really solid. But he doesn't have that top 15 ceiling. He just doesn't. Yeah. Um. And Justin Steele is only really contentious one there. And also, Dylan Cease. <sighs> Dylan Cease, man. He just had a good start. But it was with fastballs and curveballs. The slider wasn't as good. And I feel so weird with that. Because that's not going to stick. Yeah. It just does not work for Cease. So, I, feel, I actually wanted to drop him. And everyone would have hated me and yelled. So, I didn't do it. 
Let's move to tier five then, because there's well, there's actually one guy I'm really excited to talk about. So it's 34 through 39. Uh, Bryce Miller, Bobby Miller, Andrew Abbott at 36, followed by Reed Detmers, Kenta Maeda up seven, and Tarek Skubal up 11 to 39. What's it called and why is it called that? <sighs> this is uh, the trading cards for plants. Um, Go on. Because they <laughs> Go can grow on. into something wonderful. Okay, great. Um, so Tarek Skubal, fantastic start today. And I imagine you watched it before doing this ranking. Um, I think it was about five innings pitched with like nine strikeouts. And I think yes. three hits with no one runs. I think it was just two. Um, I could be wrong. Two, yeah, two it, was, it was very good. Maybe one it was a the, very uh, good start. It was a yeah. great a great bounce back against a really poor Kansas City start. I, I don't want to let him off the hook too much. It was a weird one-off game, uh, makeup game for San Francisco, who flew from the East Coast to Detroit for this 1 p.m. game and then back to San Francisco. So it was like, I, I don't want to give him give that too much credit because Google actually really did look quite good picking up eight called strikes on the four seamer picking up four whiffs and uh, on the four seamer four whiffs on the slider like again i don't i don't know Tarek Skubal can be a little bit scary because I'm not sure how much the Tigers are going to push him for the rest of the season. Like, I, I think we're probably not going to see many starts in which he goes like 90 pitches. So that's really scary because if he does not do well, th- he's just going to blow up your week, right? It's going to be four innings of five earned runs or four earned runs, or whatever. But the upside is pretty substantial. Were you able to watch that game today? And what are you seeing from Tarek School that hasn't? So I actually I wasn't by the time I was able to do the list stream was right after he got pulled. Um, so I haven't gotten a chance to do that directly. But I mean, I, I did all my basics of like, OK, what is this? What is that? Four seamer uh, locations looked amazing. Um, and that fastball foundation is fantastic. I mean, it's it's really is also previous start. He had that fastball foundation. Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to see that it was so bad. The previous start, there was actually whispers mm. of tipping and stuff, uh, mm. which would make a lot of sense. Turk Scoobles really good. And it's nice to see that the velocity is sticking. So I think he's going to keep going higher up. I just need to see more from those secondaries to be believable. Sure. Um, and you want to know the, the horrors of my life right now fast. <laughs> what? I mean, there's so many things. First of all, guys, <laughs> uh, I tied Alex fast this week. When I had eight starters in two days, get me one win. <laughs> I needed one more win. And I didn't. I lost them. Grace Rodriguez was up five to nothing. Lost that one. Um, anyway, uh, actual pain. I'm in guillotine league. You know guillotine league fast? Do you know this? Yeah. yeah, yeah we, It's yeah, the best. It's my it's one of my favorite leagues favorite. because yeah, if I, I don't it. pay attention, which is a problem with sometimes with fantasy leagues where I just get too busy and I can't really focus, then I'm just out of the league. And there's no harm, no foul. I'm just out of the league. Yeah. So first year I did this, I thought, you know what? This is great. Miles convinced me to do it. I didn't want to do it in the league. He says, no, if you don't pay attention, you're out. Um, so it's an 18 teamer and I won. First year, right? That was him convincing me. Like, oh, if you don't pay attention, you're out. So I won. You're right. Great. Yeah. That was 2021. Lost midway last year. It's now four teams left in this. Four of us. That's crazy. I'm right there. I'm cruising. I'm in the best situation. Just check my team. I didn't realize I didn't have three guys, three pitchers in my lineup. These guys were Kenta Maeda, Luis Castillo, and Christopher Sanchez, totaling 58 points. Yeah. Last week, I totaled 350. (laughs) I benched that. Yes! You, you, I, as a little tease, you did just bring up a picture that I'm very excited to talk about ah! who's on this list. Uh, and that is nuts. That is nuts. But I'm going to reel us back into talking about pictures. Sorry. That is crazy. That is crazy. And I don't want to hear that sound because I want you to, to have enough to be able to talk about the remaining 60 pictures on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I do want you to give a quick hint for people curious. Looking ahead, if you're planning the end of year top 100, right? So let's say we're in October and you're thinking about top 100. How far up or down, or is there no change to Tarek Skubal's current ranking of 39? No, no. I would say if he keeps this up, uh, I'd be really encouraged for next year. Like, really encouraged. There's going to be... This is the funny conversation I'm going to tell you guys right now is going to happen all of the offseason, and I I, I detest it, Uh, is you're going to hear Tarek Skubal... Look, it's the the middle of July or so, so he's going to be, what, 100 innings this year? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. No, probably like 70. 
70, you think? I mean, as I started in July and then it's, well, that's just because he only starts or something like that. He only goes like four or five every start. So I don't know. So, so right. So what are your expected innings for 2024 fast? I I would still think he'd be fine at like 150, 160. Yeah. I think he's going to go every five days next year. Yeah, I agree. And this is, this is the conversation I'm going to have with a lot of people is you're going to say, no, they're going to do this. Or you don't see that, you know, the, the innings jump, all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, when it comes to pitchers who are not in their, um, it, there, there are two scenarios in my view when pitchers are limited. It's either you are young and this is your first turn of of really competitive baseball. That is, you were maybe three years in MLB career land, not just in the majors, but like MLB career land. That is like right now, if you started your minor league career, maybe in 2019 or 2020, right? Yeah. Um, or you're coming back from Tommy John. You know, those are the, really the two scenarios I see that you get sure. limited. When you're a uh, scuba and you have worked all the way through this year as much as you can, they're not going to stop him next year. It's not going to be like, they're not going to put him on a schedule just let him go every five days as much as he can. Um, I, I also have heard this conversation with someone in the previous year about Bailey Ober. Bailey Ober's pretty much thrown the most innings he's thrown. I have the opinion that since Billy Ober started his minor league career in 2017, even though he hasn't gone collectively 120, 130 innings in one of those years, I feel like the Twins say, no, you, you've you really been around in doing this and involved for so long that it's not actually as rigorous of a full year for someone mm. like you than it is someone who is younger and hasn't actually just you know, has had those stops and starts in, the, in yeah. a different way, right? That is my philosophy with it. I think teams are just kind of like, no, you're not this super young guy anymore. Just go out there and do it. Uh, and Tarek Skubal next year, so I'm going to I'm gonna be more aggressive on Skubal is my point here because I think people are going to limit him due to expected innings and I'm just not going to listen to it. I'm with you. Let's move on to the next tier here. Tier 6, 40 through 47. Brian Bayo at 40, followed by Jose Barrios. Tyler Wells down 3 to 42. Kodai Senga up to 43. Charlie Morton, Chris Bassett up 7 to 45, followed by Eduardo Rodriguez and rounding out the tier. Jordan Montgomery, what's it called and why is it called that? This one. Oh, okay. Um, now, I, I have one. I got to save it. Uh, this is one of memories. Playing cards of just like, Mm-mm. you ever know Cam Jansen? Do you remember this? Mm-mm. It was the silliest thing. It was this like, uh, I remember from elementary school, it was a book of this girl who solved mysteries because she would look at something and then she would have a photographic memory. So she would look at okay. something, click. That's what she did, <laughs> right? Yeah. So imagine you did that and then you had a a playing card made of that, of like, oh, remember Beautiful. that wonderful time when we went up to Bar Harbor? Like, <laughs> and why is it called that? So why that? Because that's stable. That's always present. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. It's always there. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If the, I agree about this tier. The one thing I'm a little bit worried about that's a little unstable. If there is one thing that's unstable within this tier, and you wrote about this to your credit in the SP break uh, uh, SP breakdown today, um, is Tyler Wells's command. And the reason I'm bringing this up is not to harp on another Baltimore Orioles pitcher, but it is fitting with the theme that we've kind of established of guys who are younger reaching a particular innings limit. Tyler Wells has already surpassed his innings limit. He was a command machine throughout the yeah. year. There, you, you're you're an AL you're an, an MLB leader in whip for a reason. Yesterday, he hit two batters. His command looked all over the place. It's been two consecutive starts of that. I'm a little bit concerned that we see a phantom IL stint for Tyler Wells. Maybe that, you know, so they, they have Cole Irvin in the bullpen who's kind of ready to go, who they can add a lot more innings to. John Means is going to be coming back probably mid to end Fast. of August, being which is silly. Great. No, no, that's not what? the answer. That's not the replacement for Tyler Wells. Who do you think is Mitch Keller? Maybe I don't know if they're going <laughs> to. Knowing the O's, I don't think they're going to give up too much. Like I, I would love it if we got Mitch Keller and and David Bednar. I think we probably go for guys that are one year rentals that are not going to break the bank. I, you know, take the uh, the nebulous Mitch Keller, right? The the uh, mm-hmm. analogous one, whatever it is, of just like it's not necessarily Mitch, but it's another starter that you get the deadline. The deadline's a week away. Nuts. It's a week away, and yes, we are doing a uh, a live stream on that Tuesday. Spore and I are doing it on Playback.tv. You will be able to come in and join the stream to rant about your favorite team in celebration or sadness. 
So you got to come to playback.tv slash pitchlist next week as we do that. That's going to be super fun. I expect to see you there at some point fast about I'll, whatever I, I'm, ridiculous I'm, trade happens. I'm work from home that day, so I'll be able to oh hop boy. in. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'll be able to hop in and for wait. sure. But yeah, there's going to be someone who comes in, I think, and replaces Wells. And I think it made a fantastic point about, yeah, fatigue is something that normally does start to appear now. I generally see it more. Uh, it's less than September. I see it more in August. But I mean, we're essentially mm. approaching that at yep. this point. Um, and sometimes what we do see is, uh, I, I think about this so often, is um, I read uh, Living on the Black, um, following right. Musina and, uh, and Glavin. And Glavin talks about having a sore shoulder right after he got drafted. And uh, and he thought that he was going to have to be shut down, everything like that. And the legendary pitching coach said, no, you're going to throw every day. Mm. And he goes, what? And what he realizes is that he needed to actually push through it to, to get him to the point that he was comfortable with it. Um, which inherently doesn't sound good. Don't throw through pain, all that kind of stuff. Fine. But there are times with fatigue that you have some sort of limit and then you realize that, no, I actually, uh, I can get through that and you feel stronger at the end of it. Um, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if um, someone like Tyler Wells is going through a period of it and then becomes out stronger. But um, Maybe. we'll see. I'll say this to wrap it up real quick. My thing is the big free agent pitching acquisition for Baltimore is John Means. I think that's what they are thinking of. Don't you They're hate saying that? Um, I think you. I feel I, like you've said this before on podcasts. Like, how you hate how teams say that. Yeah, maybe, maybe I have said that in the past. I just don't know with this front office if they are going to want to leverage what is one of the best farm systems in baseball for a rental, right? Like, I just mm-hmm. don't know. And and maybe they want to break the bank for like a Mitch Keller and a David Bednar package. Maybe they just go for a Jordan Montgomery. I do end up thinking that Cody Bellinger might actually be a Baltimore Oriole considering the Cedric Mullins injury. But anyway, mm. there, there's there's plenty to talk about there. Anyone else in this tier you want to talk about before we move on to tier seven? Not really. They're all kind of like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's let's go to tier tier seven then forty eight through fifty eight. Uh, we're looking at Tanner Bybee who jumps up twelve to forty eight and is the uh, cover on the cover of the list today. Uh, Sunny Gray, Christian Javier up six to fifty. Grayson Rodriguez up ten to fifty one. Brian Wu down eight to fifty two. Hunter Brown down seventeen to fifty three. Gavin Williams, Kyle Bradish up nine to fifty five. Taj Bradley, Edward Cabrera, and Logan Allen uh, at fifty eight. What's it called and why is it called that? I'm going to say this is the one that you've been waiting for, which is uh, the mechanical switches playing card. And the reason for that is because these are the ones that sometimes I'm just like, I feel like I get the most contention with guys in tier seven, which was generally the young tier of upside, Mm. because it's so funny. One guy will tell you, like, I do not want to go for that. I would much rather go for Stroman. I would much rather go for Merrill Kelly, whatever. Other people are going to say, no, uh, Taj Bradley is going to win me my league, right? And the way I see it is I see a certain treasure in mechanical switches that other people don't. And mm. I get it. But also, let me tell you right now, there are so many bad mechanical switches. It <laughs> kind of blows my mind. Like, there's so many bad ones. I'm, like, I'm I, sure. I, I literally have tried 200 of them. And I, I like... unbelievable. I like 5 to 10. I, I saw that a very excited Pitcherless fan sent us an email at info at Pitcherless.com about some mechanical switches, I think today oh, yeah. or maybe the day before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll put them out. It's great. great. Let's start with with Tanner Bybee, who, as you mentioned, you know, really just kind of coming off the, the 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 best one of his best starts, if not the best start for him, probably the best start. Um, seven innings pitch with no one runs, two hits, one walk, and eight Ks against a Philly team that's been struggling since the All Star break, just dotting the top of the zone with with four seamers. Hey, Bernie, I mean, baby. <laughs> really great but then also because of that picking up eight whiffs on on the slider just 15 change-ups but a 53 percent csw on those change-ups it was almost like just all these puzzle pieces falling into place be curious to see if this is something that he can replicate because he he did show some pros uh some some promise elevating four seamers against texas but not with the same consistency um that he did in this start against philly like you said or like i mentioned the, the the cover athlete of the list this week. What are you thinking about Tanner Bybee up 12 at 48? Can we all acknowledge the fact that Fast said something and then instinctively thought I said it because it was a good thing and then realized <laughs> that it was him who said it? No, um, what, what are you talking about? That was good. You're like, uh, you said that the cover image. Oh, no, wait, I said that. that never mind. Um, 
But I no, but Tanner Bybee, the thing I've been saying the entire uh, for for like, I don't know, like a month or something has been, hey, Tanner Bybee has the weapons. He has all yeah. the things. I don't need him to get a new pitch. He just needs to actually execute the approach that would work with it. And some days it would be the changeup that would come through. Some days it would be the slider. Some days the fastball, et cetera. And we normally have seen like pockets of two. That is the four seamer mostly. And then usually the slider. Sometimes it's a changeup. This was all four of them, as you mentioned. As you outlined, none of them had a CSW underneath 33%, which is crazy. None of them have fewer than four whiffs. And he located super well. Great pitch separation. I don't know if that's going to stick around. I can't really yeah. expect it to stick around. The good news is that he did it. And I didn't yeah. think he was going to do it at all. So that at least tells me, in my view, he's probably not going to do it next time, but he's probably going to do it again. And that was seven innings, zero runs, two hits, a walk, and eight strikeouts with a golden goal, 22 whiffs, and a near 40% CSW. Like, that's insane. So, Tanner Bybee, obviously, I had to raise him be like, okay, I have to take you more seriously than the others who haven't actually done their thing yet. Taj Bradley yeah. sometimes-ish, but he's still a little too inefficient even when he gets the curveball and change it for strikes. Gavin yeah. Williams, four-seamers are up there, but the breaking stuff needs to come down, right? There are a lot of these guys. Logan Allen, I just don't believe has good enough stuff. Um, that's fine. Um, you have your boy Cal Bradish, who's coming on up, yeah. but is he really going to do this consistently with the curveballs and avoid balls and so, play with the fastballs and sinkers? I don't yeah. know. That's we'll that's see. kind of the thing, and I think this might be a theme for a lot of these guys on this tier where I've seen a lot of consistent innings, but not a lot of consistent games. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I've seen innings yeah. from Taj Bradley or even consecutive innings where I've been like, holy moly, he could be the best pitcher in baseball. And then right. he comes back out and walks 15 or whatever. <laughs> get You know, he hangs one slider that someone hits 500 feet. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with you on that. Anyone else in this tier that you want to mention before we move on to tier eight? I mean, it's really tough to know what to do with Brian Wu. I uh, I was actually trying to look into it, like how many innings have we got? We only got 44 innings from Brian Wood. Yeah, it's not a lot. But because of the minor league stuff is why he's hitting his limits. Um, Kind of frustrating because I do actually think that what he's doing is better than a lot of these guys. Um, But because of the playing time stuff, I had to bring him down in here. Grayson Rodriguez changeups were amazing in that last start. You know, um, those were so good. It was down finally. Finally, it was down. Mm-hmm. Please repeat that. Hunter Brown, as like Tanner Bybee, if he executes his game plan, could be amazing. And he only needs three pitches, not not four, three. Slider, curveball, and fastball. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, I mean, that game against the Athletics was just like fastballs down the middle and then everything else scattered everywhere. And it's just painful. So you we're just kind of waiting for this stuff to happen. Sunday Gray, whatever. I don't. I have no idea what you're going to do, Sunday Gray. <laughs> and Christian Javier is getting, it has the fastball. It's better now, but Look the out. slider is not. The slider still is is not uh, getting strikes enough. Uh, I cannot believe we did it, but we actually got near to the 60s before our second commercial break. Uh, but we're oh going to we're gonna take that break real quick and then we'll get back to the list. All right. And we are back here. Tier 8, 59 through 67. A lot, of, a lot of fallers in this tier. Marcus Stroman uh, down eight. Mitch Keller down 18. Nathan Ivaldi down 18 to 61. Merrill Kelly reappears, followed by Seth Lugo. Jack Flaherty down five to 64. Alex Cobb down 11 to 65, followed by Griffin Canning and J.P. Sears. What is it called and why is it called that? Um, <laughs> This is the playing cards of the great battles of history. Because we need to learn what happens when these cherry bombs falter. We need to learn our mistakes and not repeat them. Okay. All right. Let, let's let's talk about one of them then uh, in Alex Cobb, who falls 11. So obviously a frustrating two weeks. I mean, you can kind of abide the Pittsburgh start, six innings pitched with one or run, two walks, five Ks. You get the quality start. You don't get the win, but you get the quality start. Cincinnati, tough start. Really just labored throughout four and a third with five earned runs. Didn't really look like himself, but really in kind of Coors light, he falls 11, but he's got Oakland coming up next, followed by Arizona, who is still good, but has cooled off a little bit. What is it about Alex Cobb that has you dropping him 11 spots to 65? Okay, uh, I think everybody is going to think exactly what I just said. Um, Fast, I haven't heard anyone use the word abide since the Big Lebowski. Okay? What? Dude abides. That's the only context that anyone ever uses the word abide. (laughs) 
Okay, call me a trendsetter, I guess. Using a word in the English I language, love it. I apologize. I'm just, I just, it took me back of like, no, that's, that's I don't, his I don't word. Even, I don't even remember saying it. What context did I say it? I, I don't know. You, you just said the thing about Alex Cobb. I was like, wow, what? Okay. I don't, I didn't listen to anything else you said. Just heard um, of mine. Look, the one thing that I've, I've been, uh, every single year, I feel like I, I learn new little lessons and, one this year that I wanted to focus on, especially during the season, like as I did the roundup, it's like, okay, Nick, this is a thing. Is it, what is the, the sample of this? How does this work? And it's new skill versus old skill. And what that means is uh, a pitcher has a skill that we know that that's their thing going to the year and that's their old skill and then they lose it. And oftentimes to compensate for that, something else shows up. There's a mm. new skill that that's there. Good example is like Logan Gilbert having good sliders and curveballs. Or uh, in this case, it was Alex Cobb introducing a slider. And yeah. those are both cases where the pitcher was not having their old skill. Logan Gilbert, not good at getting four seamers upstairs and splitter wasn't getting whiffs anymore. And but all of a sudden, those breaking, breaking balls were there. What happens is more times than not, I'd say the heavy majority, before the old skill returns, the new skill decreases, right? It's You can think of the utopia of oh man if he has the new skill and the old skill he's so good yeah but what happens more often than not and it's not the pun at square it's not like the 25 percent, 25 percent thing no 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 it's more often than not gonna be like five percent of that happening and then like 50 percent of him losing the new skill before the old skill returns that's what happened with alex cobb the old skill being the splitter getting whiffs and the slider being the the nullifier to get those strikes instead to get him through the games. But what it's become is sinkers for called strikes, curveballs early-ish, and not having anything else that is effective. The the splitter has been allowing balls in play, which isn't necessarily what you want. You want mm. you gotta miss bats with that pitch. And if it's not missing bats, then he's susceptible to the wonderful lords of Babip, and you don't want to meet them. You're really crushing these these kind. Of, I don't want to say rants, but you're, you're really. I'm, I'm really into these tonight. Um, anyone else in this tier before we move on to tier nine? Uh, what are you doing with JP Sears? Um, I so I was willing to let it ride and that start against Houston, and it didn't work out. And now he's got cores, and yeah. that scares me even more, especially yeah. because I don't think that that four seamer is really going to carry the way that you want it to. I'm I'm probably going to sit for cores, but then I'm probably going to let it ride through. Well, I think he's so, done good yeah, enough. I'm with you. So this tier eight is pretty much like I think they're generally good. Just don't start them against top tiers. Mitch Keller's yeah. command. Look, he's the weirdest guy, and and this is really another lesson that I think I'm going to just hold on to, and I'm probably going to be wrong in the future because of it. But I've been calling Mitch Keller weird all year, and I bought into it because mm. the command was just so good um, for a bit. But it was still weird. It was still weird that he was getting so much uh, reduction of hard contact. It was weird that he was, wasn't getting whiffs and having the success he was having in that high of a strikeout rate. Um, and I bought into because I watched that game against the Orioles and it was just like pristine amazingness. Mm. And I was like, okay, fine. This is really what I'm missing is that this is what this is. But he wasn't able to hold on to that. And I should have kind of believed that Mitch Keller wasn't going to have elite command the rest of the way. And I, I feel like I did myself a disservice by not sticking with that and, and giving into that the command being a new thing, not, oh no, this pitch itself is the like big thing, right? You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like that's something, yeah, I guess so. But it was, if I get that inkling internally of being weird, I got to lean into that more. Um, Strowman, I think you're still gonna be fine with, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say Strowman should not be in tier eight. I want, uh, she'd be in tier seven. And even it originally was at the same time, like Strowman's been weird, man. Uh, and also I thought to myself, wait a second, what is the best thing that Strowman has going for him this year? It's ground balls in it's, front of yeah. an amazing infield defense. Yep. And he's he might be traded. He will be. And that's not good. I don't want that. So I uh, so yeah, not not ideal uh for that situation. And then of course you have Nathan Yavaldi where he's getting his start start skipped, which should have happened two mm. weeks ago. Why he pitched yeah. an all-star or game? Not I don't All-Star. know. Why do you why do you pitch after it? I don't know. But here he is finally doing that, and uh, I'm very worried about that. But I also recognize he's been so good for you that you're not going to drop him for Clark Schmidt. Yeah. You're not going to do that. So yeah. he's at 61. 
All right, let's move on to the next year because someone I'm very excited to talk about. It's tier nine, 68 oh, wow. through 73. Yusei Kikuchi up 10 to 68. Kyle Hendricks up 4 to 69. Christopher Sanchez up 13 to 70. Domingo Horman up 6 to 71. Tywin Walker down 1. And Clark Schmidt down 8 to 73. What's it called and why is it called that? And who am I excited to talk about? Um, this is stamps. This is playing cards of stamps. And it's kind of like, <laughs> why are you getting playing cards of stamps? Just collect the stamps. Yeah, exactly. But then you can hear, you can hear him stamp. go like, oh, but look at this one. This is a really rare one. And sure, you know, just it, get look, that if he's stamp. really into it, that's great. I just try to think of the most Toby thing I could think of because this is the Toby tier. Who am I excited to talk about? You are excited to talk about Christopher Sanchez. I'm excited to talk about Christopher Sanchez. Yeah, I know. So Christopher Sanchez could be <laughs> winning some people their leagues right now. I'm, he's I'm not in on up, I have him in, uh, I think, in our league. He's he's not given up more than three earned runs in any of his starts. Obviously, the, the, the Phillies kind of babied him along a little bit, and we haven't yet to see many games in which he has eclipsed 80 pitches. But he's keeping that team in games, and tonight he got 10 whiffs on his changeup against the Orioles. And here, yeah, here's, something that I noticed in, uh, here's something that I noticed in watching him tonight, too. Yes, he only got... Um, oh, that's kind of strange to see. Maybe it was the changeup that I saw, and I thought it was the slider. There mm. were some awful swings and misses on pitches that and maybe it just could have been the awful Philly camera angle that looked like they started oh God, out of it is zone so and hard. Ended. it drives me nuts it's it drives me nuts they it is it is my, I think outside of the Cincinnati Reds the worst one and then as a lefty and as Christopher Sanchez who gets all the way down the left side in low angle it's just like what am I supposed brutal. to do I have no idea what horizontal movement is so with that said, though, one of the things that you can, I think, trust and you'll probably agree with me is is the swings that guys are getting when you can't really rely on the yeah, camera sure. angles. Right. I didn't know if that the Orioles had an approach tonight where they were like, hey, we're going to try and get at this guy early or what. Mm. But there were swings even from guys who had higher walk rates from us on pitches that looked like they started out of the zone and ended up even further, further out of the zone. And there's a few things that you could do about that. You could say, OK, maybe it's just this team not having a, a good night against this particular pitcher, or maybe this stuff looks as if it's going to you know kind of clip the edge of the zone and it doesn't do it there was some really good stuff from him tonight what are you seeing from christopher sanchez that also has you excited about him I, i've been saying that he's the ranger suarez of this year um a guy moving from the the pen to the rotation for the phillies and primed to have a great second half for you guys um I, i'm in on it because the changeup's really good the sinker gets enough strikes it's kind of like the brady singer approach of sinkers first called strikes and then a secondary pitch to get whiffs and that's what christopher sanchez is doing and uh, I'm here for it. There's also a slider that gets enough strikes. 14 out of 20 works for me. Uh, that's like a 70% rate. Great. Mm. I'll take it. Uh, we want balls in play on sliders traditionally. That's generally uh, favorable, better than a fastball. So, um, yeah, I'm here for this. Okay. I love it. Anyone else in this tier that you want to hit upon? Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to tier 10 then. 74 through 81. Lance Lynn down 25 to 74. Steven Matz. De uh, Dean Kramer down 2 to 76, followed by John Gray. Chase Silseth at 78. Johnny Cueto, uh, he appears. Then Luis Severino at 80 and Mackenzie Gore at 81. What's it called and why is it called that? This uh, is quotes by Tank in the Matrix. <laughs> That might be that might be a top ten uh, category like, name ever. All because because you look at these players and you go, why do you have this? <laughs> so, so what a great poll! What a great poll! I I I mean, gosh, there's a few things that we could start. Like Chase Silseth, I understand there have been inklings of promise for him when you know in in relief when he made some starts last year. I get that. Johnny Cueto did not look terrible in his long relief start did against the Orioles. For me, are, are you are you are you kidding? You didn't. Did you hear the end of the sentence? Did you yeah. hear the end of the sentence? He didn't look terrible in his relief start yeah, against I, Baltimore. I, I got they there. give him a start in Colorado. Oh. And he looked pretty dang good. Those four seamers were up, 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 and he got fourteen whiffs on them. They were so well spotted. It's very good. It was just like, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's like me doing an ice spy book at a, at thirty five years old. <laughs> so well spotted. I <laughs> uh, man, it is exciting to see that, and the fact that he gets the Tigers next. And this is kind of what happened, y'all. I'm doing the list. I had it done. And I had written off Chase Silseth because I'd seen it before. The Angels were not going to use Silseth again. They use it as a way to be like, oh, no, 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 Otani, we're going to skip him a start. And that's that. And I didn't expect him to get another start, but then all of a sudden he did. That Chase Silseth start was insane. It's a brand new breaking ball. I kind of want to mm -hmm. call it a curveball, um, the way that it's just a loopy, loopy slider now. 
But that pitch was a 54% CSW, amazing location on it. Arm side sinkers tremendously the entire time. Um, I don't think I saw maybe one or two that could be uh, referred to as glove side sinker, which is excellent. And those two pitches are just great. And guess what? He has a fantastic matchup as well. I think it's also, yeah, he gets the Tigers and Cueto also gets the Tigers. Great. Take advantage of the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 they're struggling overall and they're struggling since the break. And yes, you are right. Um, anyone else in this tier before we move on mm. to our penultimate tier? Very strange tier. Lance Lynn, we're just done. Let's just move on. Not yeah. just Lance Lynn. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Steven Matz is very interesting. I think everyone just says, oh, Steven Matz, whatever. I don't know. You throw 95 mile per hour sinkers upstairs, they get whiffs. Like, that's really cool. If you get your change up and curveball down at all, then you have a good game. Dean Kramer, you think this is the best spot for him? I imagine it's like he, was, he looked bad in that start. Uh, he, yeah, but he looked, but he bounced back tonight. He, he did bounced he? back tonight. I'm yeah. good. I'm just, yeah. I didn't know that but when I did this. So good. Right. Uh, I was like, I'm still in because I, I only dropped two spots. Uh, yeah. And John Gray, I think that he's going to get better. Like, it, it, this is the stories of John Gray is that he has yeah. like three weeks of tribulations, trials and tribulations. And then he hits it and goes nuts for like three, four weeks. And then there's some interruption, whether it's like rainouts, blister, ILs, paternity list, whatever it is, there's some interruption. And mm. then he goes back down the hill. Right. <laughs> and then he comes back up at some point. Yeah, and we've it's... had a good month now. Like, OK, John Gray, you, you should be good now. So I actually sure. think like in a, after I mean, today, tonight was terrible against the Astros. But it's the Astros. Who cares? I'll see what the skills were later. Right. I'm kind of interested in sticking with him. I still have him in the Legacy League for that reason. Um, Severino, I feel like he's telegraphing because he's actually locating really well. Mm. Um, the changeup in the slider and Cotter are just not getting the results. I think it was two whiffs on over 40 thrown between them all. And they weren't like scatter plot around. Those were like generally low. And that shouldn't happen with four seamers upstairs like that. I think there is some tipping thing involved. And because of that, that makes me more optimistic that this can be fixed as opposed to like inherently just bad. Um, so maybe there's something there. Mackenzie Gore, you do whatever you want. You're not going to get out of Cherry Bombland. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's tough. Get him out of Washington. All right, let's move to tier 11, 82 through 88. Tony Gonsolin down 10. JP France at 83. Bryce Elder, 84, followed by Braxton Garrett. Michael Lorenzen up 8 to 86. Johan Oviedo and Jose Quintana, maybe the Mets' best pitcher. Up uh, four to eighty-eight. What's it called, and why is it called that? It is called a playing cards of noses of people's noses, and oh. you think that like there's no value in this, right? There's just sure. no reason that you should have this, but there is because you want examples. There, there are people out there that go, no, I want to see different noses because I want to get a nose job. I want a different I want, nose. Yeah, sure. Want it. And sure. like all of a sudden, this this diff this set of playing cards that you have has legitimate value. Yeah. Mom, I got the Ichabod Crane. They only <laughs> printed five. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is such a great reference point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I see my see mom, my nose isn't that bad. Look you know? at Ichabod Crane. And let's, like, let's hey, talk hey, about by the way, I want to say to everyone who's considered one or getting one, great. Do the thing that you needed. I, I have no <laughs> No, I'm Don't serious. Think, I think there's like this massive sure. stigma against it, but it's like, no. It, there's cool cool beans with me. But I was when I was uh, six years old uh, or eight years old, my mom looked at me and said, if you want a nose job, we'll pay for it. Um, <laughs> well, that's actually, I kid you not, I was born with my nose flattened. It was, really? it, it came up flat. It was from cheek to cheekbone was my nose. And they would joke and they would look in the nursery and be like, oh, 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 <laughs> when they got to me. And the first thing my grandmother said, uh, I believe to my mom about me was, it's okay, we can fix his nose. Beautiful. Always looking for the bright It's a lovely nose. I've got a perfectly proportioned nose. Great nose. Thank you. Great nose. Great nose. Let's talk about uh, Michael Lorenzen, who saw the jokes about him uh, uh, about making the All-Star Game roster and said, I'll show you all. Uh, and actually went back to even before that, because in the month of July, Michael Lorenzen has not given up an earned run. Yes, you heard that correct. Oh, in no. 18 and two-thirds Bad. innings, he has given up no earned runs. And we that is him. pretty remarkable we just what? found him just found the who new, the newest baltimore oriole uh no i don't know about all that he also <laughs> gave up he also gave I'm up six saying. walks in that time 
I'm just saying, what is it? A one year deal he has right now? He's a free agent next year. It's a one year deal. You don't got to give up much. He's going to be traded at the deadline. Thanks. Uh, what is it about Michael Lorenzen? I imagine I'm what I just said is what has you. That Michael Lorenzen is a Baltimore Oriole. He, it, it's like, it, just funny. even think of, Bal- of of Lorenzen and you like, wait, yeah, he is a Baltimore Oriole, isn't he? <laughs> it's, oh man. Um, Lorenzen is just really good against bad teams. Uh, there's nothing okay. more to say about this. I mean, there's some guys that are just as simple as that. And Lorenzen, you go against the Royals, great. Go ahead. You go against, I don't know, anyone decent? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anyone else in this chair that you want to hit upon, or really is kind of Quintana had better them, command right? than I expected him to have after the the injured list. And that's really everything for Quintana. Four seamer command was good. The changeups and the curveballs need to be separated more, um, like my two nephews. Uh, and they <laughs> they you know once he gets into that groove, I actually think that Jose Quintana can be a really good like Cal Hendricks esque Toby, as opposed to down here. But I want to wait for that. Okay, uh, let's go on to the final tier here. Tier 12, 89 through 100. Nick Pavetta, uh, Luis Medina up 6 to 90. Emma Sheehan down 21 to 91, followed by Andrew Keeney, Kyle Gibson, Alec Manoa, Matt Manning, Aaron Savali down 10 to 96, followed by Dane Dunning drop 7, Reese Olsen down 11, Cutter Crawford down 8 to 99, and the new 100, Brandon Fott. It's not an Orioles tier anymore as there's just one Oriole, and that makes me a little bit upset, but what is it called and why is it called that? It's a playing card of my favorite excuses because uh, you never, you know, every so often you're going to need one. Mm. And I would like to hear the Boston Red Sox excuse because here we have Nick Pavetta primed to come in with a starter behind Bernadino. I've got this beautiful overlay all set up for the Sunday night baseball broadcast that shows Bernadino low left hand arm slot, Nick Pavetta high right hand arm slot. And what happens? A game gets suspended on Friday and Boston says, you know what? We're not having Nick Pavetta get the bulk of the innings on Sunday. We're going to throw him on Saturday, despite the fact that we're trying to build off what was one of the best relief performances ever in terms of strikeouts and here we are we, we don't need to talk about nick pavetta this was very frustrating who in this tier would you like to go out on is it number yeah, 100 brandon was, was 15 i think it was 15 pitches for pavetta it was it was not not a lot he goes tomorrow though so that's cool um luis medina is very interesting still it's unfortunately it gets coarse but uh three straight starts of breakers getting whiffs and predominantly featured um and it was slider the first one slider and curveball the second one and sliders again um in this one Kind of interesting. Just survived Houston. So don't overlook that. Um, otherwise, I mean, we know Aaron Savali's velocity is so far down. I'd be kind of shocked if he makes the next start. I'm so far out on Alec Manoa. Reese Olsen isn't getting changeup whiffs. Dane Dunning, absolutely not. Cutter Crawford, please throw sliders and sweepers. And yeah, Brandon Fott showed up. And Brandon Fott, um, I tweeted this out, is the three times he's been called up to the minor, from the minors to the majors to make a start. <laughs> It's been yeah. against the Rangers, it's been against the Rays, and it's been in Cincinnati. Like, that is That's just awful. absolutely cruel. And what does he do? He allows back-to-back-to-back home runs. Uh, now, he pitched beautifully until then. It was so amazing. I got a wonderful email from someone just talking about how excited they were about Fott before the game ended. Um, and then those three home runs happened. So, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing enough from Fott on the four-seamers for me to actually believe that he's the person we want him to be. He was more successful on changeups and sliders. And I don't think that I want to buy in because why we were pumped for fought was that four seamer. And that four seamer is not overwhelming. Then I'm not going to lean my, uh, you know, put my team in jeopardy of those changeups and sliders. Beautiful. Nick, we did it. Another fantastic podcast. Really, I I gotta say, I'm not joking. You really nailed it with this one. So really beautiful, succinct analysis here. Your voice held up strong and we love to hear that. Any final parting thoughts before we wrap this episode? Well, if you're a database engineer, come talk to us. Send us an email. Go to pitchwells.com slash hiring. We have an open position for a database engineer, and we want to meet you. Um, But yeah, guys, we're going to be around through the entire season. Um, We don't go away because of football. If you're a first-time listener to to On the Corner and you're a pitcherlist, it's going to be good. We're here for you. Um, And Fast, it's just so good to see you. You know, so good to see you. So good to see you. Um, also, if you can, there's a hot, fresh new episodes of the Alex Fast. So drop oh, yeah. it every week. Don't know who this week's going to be on, but Logan Webb was a very fun one. I had a good time talking about Logan Webb last mm. time. So go check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. But that is going to do it for episode number 403 of On the Court of the Pitchless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs>